The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening, everybody. I'm so excited. The crew's excited. Hurry up, hurry up. Let's get in our seats. Let's get ready in our safety. We're flying domestic. We're heading to... Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, or those that live there, we're going to Pitt. <laughs> the Berg. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, boy. The Berg. Um, I'm super excited to introduce our crew tonight. We've got Darrow, our streamer. Hey, Darrow. Hi, Terry. Desiree is our pilot and screen share. Hey, Desiree. Hey, hey, hey. And cannot forget my all-time wingman, Brian Smith, who went to college in Pittsburgh. So we're going to get some I stories from you. I'm so excited to be going back. I know. I'm super excited, too, because I spent about three, four months in Pittsburgh in 2019. So I'm super excited to share that. And also, we have some callers on tonight that live in Pittsburgh. So I'm super excited. So let's go ahead. Are we ready for takeoff? Um, thanks to ACB Airlines for getting all the paperwork from our last trip and all of our guide dogs are ready, tucked in, in safe positions. Seatbelts are locked. Let's go, Desiree, if we're clear for takeoff. We, the tower has cleared us for takeoff. Ah. Uh. I love AC Airlines. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. So that was the wonderful Mr. Fred Rogers and the theme song to Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood because he is a super famous Pittsburghian. Technically, he's from Latrobe, but Pittsburgh claims him, and we claim him well. So uh, I am Brian, and we're going to go into the Travel Geek, and I'm going to talk really fast because we have a lot to get to tonight. So if I miss speak, I apologize. Uh, Pittsburgh, the Steel City, it's called the Steel City because of Andrew. And if you're from Pittsburgh, it's Carnegie. If you're from anywhere else in the United States, it's Carnegie. And Andrew Carnegie uh, started U.S. Steel there, and the U.S. Steel Workers Union is based there, and so does the Steel City. You may have heard of this team called the Pittsburgh Steelers. <gasps> um, so, But the other thing they're called is the City of Bridges. They have 446 bridges, which is more than than any other city in the world, even Venice, Italy. So the city of bridges and their yellow bridges are super cool uh, to look at. For all you people that love to send smiley faces and frowny faces and poop smiley faces, <laughs> um, the emoticon was created in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon University by a computer scientist in 1980. So there you have Pittsburgh to thank for that. The largest city in Appalachia. And Dr. Jonas Salk, who created the polio vaccine, created it in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Over 700 sets of public staircases are run by or overseen by the city of Pittsburgh and their safety council. 700 sets of public staircases. That seems a bit much. So they almost have as many bridges as staircases sets. That's true. And I guess Ooh. they need to get on that. They, they should try and match the bridges to the staircases. <laughs> So the first T-Rex skeleton, full T-Rex skeleton ever put together is on display at the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. If you know something, we like dinosaurs on the show, so I had to get that one in. Um, so this one, we've been to Seattle, and we get a couple of Pacific Northwesters uh, that listen regularly and are on our thing. There is actually more rain and snow in Pittsburgh than the city of Seattle. 
I live are here and I didn't know you that. Telling me they are also a temperate rainforest? I'm guessing. You should look that up. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and by the way, the weather tonight is seventy-six degrees with chance of rain. So in nineteen oh five, this is for somebody like me that loves entertainment. The first Nickelodeon, otherwise known as a movie theater, was in the United States was opened in Pittsburgh. That was 1905. And then we have Lewis and Clark. They're famous for exploring the West and mapping and all that stuff. And everybody says, oh, they, they left from St. Louis. They did, but they first met in Pittsburgh and then took the Ohio River down to St. Louis. So their initial meeting was in Pittsburgh, which is kind of cool. Something else to claim we're important so this one's kind of cool for all you catholics out there saint anthony's cathedral has more catholic relics than anywhere on earth oh i didn't know that so if you're catholic saint anthony's cathedral is the place i mean it's got think about that the vatican you know the head of it all right in, in rome it actually has more catholic relics than the vatican Wow. So, and it's a, and on top of it, it's a beautiful cathedral to go visit. So Canton Avenue in Pittsburgh is the steepest street in the United States, even steeper than anything in San Francisco and possibly the world. Some people say it is. It is. It has a um, 37 degree steepness, which is Whoa. pretty intense. So, yeah, that one's pretty cool. And I might have and to go down there. They let cars drive up and down that. Yeah. Uh-huh. For you mm-hmm. fast food lovers like myself. The world changed in 1967 in Pittsburgh because Jim Delegati, who was a franchise owner of McDonald's, created the first Big Mac. And there's actually a Big Mac museum near that store that you can go visit. So the Big Mac created in Pittsburgh in 1967. Thank you for the ever-expanding waistline, Pittsburgh. Um, so, and then we have the first commercial radio station was actually started in Pittsburgh. I have it written down here and I can't find it in my notes. I think it's... K, oh boy, I have it. KDKA, KDK. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And they started in 1920 by doing the presidential election results. That was the first thing ever broadcasted on commercial radio station. The first World Series on a baseball nut was played in Pittsburgh and Boston. It was the Boston Americans and the Pittsburgh Pirates. And Unfortunately, Boston won. And that was in 1903. And Fort Pitt, uh, the blockhouse in Point State Park, right there where the three uh, rivers meet. That is the oldest structure in in Western Pennsylvania. It dates back to 1764. And it's a pretty cool looking building. So if you haven't been there, go check it out. I love that park. It's a great viewing area. You can also pick up the... um, The riverboat that takes you up and down the rivers, the Gateway Clipper, I believe it is. Yep, the Um, Gateway Clipper. Yep. And then the Civic Arena. It was the first retractable roof sports arena ever built in 1961. Like retractable roofs are a big deal now. And it was built in 1961 and just later to be eclipsed by the Astrodome a year later because that was built, like got more publicity and all that stuff. So I went through all that really quick and I had to edit a bunch of it. And I am done with the Travel Geek segment. Oh, Brian, (laughs) big round of applause. You did so good. There's only 30 or 40 more facts I left out. I know. Well, it's hard when you've spent so much time, but I can tell you that park is amazing to go to, Point Park. Um, They actually have where the fort was. Um, the design of the fort on the ground. So I was vision impaired when I went. So my um, boyfriend at the time lived there and he's like, let's walk the fort. I'm like, okay. So I'm expecting a structure, but it was the ground. And um, it was so cool to walk around and just be like, oh, and this is here. And so it was very tactile and and very neat um, because you're walking the grass and then all of a sudden you hit stone and that's where you follow the stone path. And you can imagine in your mind um, what the structure looked like, the fort. But the fountain, oh, it's so neat just sitting at the fountain and listening to it. And it was really, really amazing. And I went down several steps. But then, I don't know, are you guys kind of hungry before we go to some sports? I'm always hungry. Always hungry. Well, first of all, I was amazingly shocked that the only donuts <laughs> that you experienced in Pittsburgh was Dunkin' Donuts. 
I was a busy guy <laughs> when I was in college. <laughs> I didn't have time to go explore my foodie love. But so, you're still kind of a busy guy. Just saying. Yeah, but now I have time to spare too. I don't have to be a ballet at eight in the morning. So, so um, I found a donut shop, and I know we've got some um, Pittsburghians on, and um, it's called Peace, Love, and Little Donuts. And it's right, they have several um, locations, but I thought the history of it was really cool. Basically, um, it was a husband that was in the ministry, and <laughs> he, his friend was cleaning out his garage and found a donut maker and gave it to him. And he took it off his hands, and his wife's like, oh, no, 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 you just got something that doesn't work. And guess what? He started making these donuts, but they came out the size of tennis balls instead of donut size bigger than a tennis ball well that was their niche little donuts so peace love and little donuts so on that note um i think since we've got a couple of people that live there um can we ask them if they've been there in any foodie places that they like oh we'll we'll hold the foodie places till later because we gotta get ours but we can ask about the donuts (laughs) or where they like to get donuts yeah okay (laughs) So if you like, uh, let's talk about Pittsburgh donuts shops. Oh, go ahead, Desiree. Let them know how to raise their hands. Well, Christine's already unmuted, so she should be raring to talk. All right. Okay, oh, Christine, Christine, let's talk donuts. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the world. Well, what was that donut place on Steuben Street? Um, oh. I can't remember if they're still there in the West End. It was a family-owned donut place, and on Sunday mornings, the... Um, the line was out all the way down the street after church. And that was, the, have, was oh, that the one right by the bus stop on Steuben? Steuben. It might have been, yeah. Was that yeah. Better Made Donuts Company? Yeah, it was. Yep. It was. Yeah, that was the other one I was going to talk about. Better, It's Better Better Made Donut Company. And I will say that I tried to go there on um, a day after drinking trip. When I got there, that line was obnoxious. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, both of these donut, both of these donut locations, it's like you need to have your Big Mac waiting in line to get your donuts. Get your and donut, they sell yeah. out by noon. It's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, then there, there was a donut place. There's a, there's a uh, bakery in, in uh, Homestead that, does, that did donuts, A, a and B or something like that. There, there were and their donuts were really good. I'm not sure if they're there because I haven't been out that way for a while. Well, you're giving well, us places to go look for when yeah. we come to, come back to Pittsburgh. Thank you. <laughs> Before we get into sports, uh, I just want to highlight one of my favorite Pittsburghians, and that's uh, Mr. Henry Hines. So Hines was born in Pittsburgh, and I'm sure you may have heard of his name because of this little ketchup thing that him and his brother created. But, but he started off by selling vegetables to his neighbors, and then that moved to grocers. And then he started another company that was making horseradish, but he went bankrupt. And the year after that, him and his brother started the H.J. Heinz Company, which is what's around today. And he was good to um, Pittsburgh in the years after. But the tomato ketchup thing, how that started was most people didn't have a refrigeration or a place to keep their meat good. So a lot of people were eating bad and rancid meat. And so condiments were a big thing because that's how you could eat the meat, get the protein and make it taste okay. But ketchup in that day was anything. So there was a lot of products online that were wood shavings mixed in glue. It was disgusting. And so he, his whole thing was, I'm going to make it with pure tomatoes and vinegar. And I'm going to put it because people didn't trust it in a glass bottle. So people could actually see the product. So like there was all this genius happening and that created the ketchup company, you know, the Heinz ketchup company, which now is a giant food conglomerate that owns things like um, Orida and Campbell's soup and things like that. But he also became a huge philanthropist, especially in um, Pittsburgh. And that continues on today. They have Heinz hall and a Heinz children's museum. And we'll segue into sports because Heinz field. The home of the Pitt Panthers and Pittsburgh Steelers is uh, named 
has the naming rights through the Heinz company. We will but you're go- forgetting the most coolest feature of the scoreboard of Heinz Field. The pouring ketchup bottle? Oh, yeah, but thanks for stealing my thunder. Well, you said I'm forgetting it, so I was telling you I wasn't <laughs> forgetting it. But you forgot to tell everybody that what happens is, is when the when you get into the red zone within that 20 yards of the end zone, the Heinz ketchup bottles turn on and it looks like it's pouring ketchup. They light up and it looks like it's pouring ketchup onto the scoreboard. Yes. Of course, I didn't see that, but... It's pretty cool. I, I had all my vision when I was there and yeah. uh, I got to go see, because I'm a diehard Miami Hurricanes fan, Pitt played in Miami when I was there and I got to go okay. to that game. Well, you know what? Instead of talking about it, let's share an experience of what it's like sitting Sounds great. in Heinz. <laughs> This is September 2019. I actually could not get to a University of Central Florida football game because they were all sold out, all the home games. So at the time, I was dating someone, and I'm like, hey, I want to go to Heinz Field. I want to experience a UCF football game, and I want them to beat Pitt. So flew up there. We're sitting there um, in the video for those that have sight. Um, Duke, actually, this is his first time he was in a professional um, football stadium and we got to see Pitt beat UCF and it was the Ugh. first time they lost a game in two years and Duke and, is her service dog oh yes yeah. Duke is my medical service dog so um, we'll make sure to post that video um, up on our Facebook page and oh my god it was just so amazing but I'm really sad because I thought I had a video of marching band playing in a professional football stadium because cool. I love marching band music. Well, if you find that video, you should put it up on the page for us so we can all see. Well, it. that's why I was going through all. Of, yeah, yeah, that would be a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think, unfortunately, since I'm no longer, you know, I think it was on the other phone. <laughs> cool. So there are other incredible sports. Now, the Steelers are amazing. Um, they're, they're not so amazing. They are amazing. But I love their colors, but they don't have a dance squad or a cheerling squad. So okay, well, when it's you know ten below, you don't really want to have a you know a, a parka clad cheerleader out there. So, anyways, so we have the Steelers, which have won a ton of Super Bowls. They have great names like Terry Bradshaw, and Lynn Swan, and Jerome Bettis, and they have a, a storied history. And they keep their head coaches, which is something that you don't see. But there's other great sports teams, and yes. to me, one of the top three parks in Major League Baseball, which is PNC Park, where the Pittsburgh oh. Pirates play. Um, I am a baseball fanatic. I've been to a, a lot of baseball fields around the country. Um, Camden Yards start in Baltimore started the whole retro field thing. Uh, and I truly believe PNC Park perfected it. There's um, nothing like hitting that, hearing that ball smack against the bat and it launches over and then you hear splash as it hits the river. Pittsburgh people has their hands up. Oh, cool. okay. But anyways, just to let you guys know that have sight. Um, that is not me um, pictured tonight. That is actually a pierogi um, on the fifth bottom of the fifth inning. They have a pierogi race where they have five different pierogies that run on the outside of the um, field. And it is so much fun. It's so much fun. But yeah, per- oh, PNC is beautiful. Let's get PNC's some. PNC is gorgeous. And yeah. I just want to share my PNC because we talked about the bridge pre-show. The oh, bridge yeah. that comes from the main part of the city over to PNC Park is a very, very yellow bridge. And it's called the Roberto Clemente Bridge after the famous pirate Roberto Clemente, uh, who is a great humanitarian and baseball hall of fame who died tragically in a plane crash. And on September 7, 2001, my favorite team, the New York Mets, uh, had their very first game after the 9-11 tragedy in Pittsburgh. And I was in Pittsburgh at the time, and I got to walk over the Roberto Clemente Bridge. As you walked over, everybody in pirate stuff that would normally be selling thing, selling programs and stuff were handing out I Love New York pins. Yeah. And there wasn't a dry eye 
uh, for the national anthem. And that's where the Mets uh, came out for the first time in the NYPD and FDMI hats. And that'll be a memory that's forever etched in my uh, memory from PNC Park. So, And another fact, when you cross that bridge, I was um, feeling stuff and I'm like, what are these? And they're locks and it's called locks of love. Of course, I asked my boyfriend at the time, I'm like, what are these? Oh, those are the commemorate anybody who jumped over the bridge. No, 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 no. It was you put a lock on there to say that you'll be forever in love. So I'm so glad we didn't share the lock experience, but I got to feel all the locks as I walked around and it was a beautiful, beautiful feeling. Very cool. So let's get to the penguins real quick and then we'll open it up to our hockey. Iceberg. Iceberg. That's their mascot. Yep. So we got the mascot. We got Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager and all these great players in their history. Uh, And they currently play at um, the PPG arena. And I don't know if it's still called the Igloo, but it was called the Igloo at one point. And it is an electric place to go watch a hockey game. Uh, I am not a Penguins fan. I am one of their art tribals fans, but I did enjoy taking in a couple of Penguins game while I was there because the fans were great, great fans. Pittsburgh sports fans are amazing. Uh, they're passionate, but they're not obnoxious. And it is great to go see a Penguins game at that arena. So you said we had somebody looking to talk, Desiree. So what would they like to say? Uh, Douglas. Hey, what's up, Doug? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say if you if you're a baseball fan, you got to go to to PNC oh. uh, Park. It's just oh, a great yeah. place to see a game. We used to have twenty game season tickets there, but we stopped doing that because um, we can't get live radio coverage of the games now. Uh, the radio man. station delays the broadcast by like thirty seconds. So we gave up our tickets, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I always thought it'd be fun to, to bring a bunch of people to the park and cheer when the radio made the call. <laughs> Everybody would think something was wrong. I love this. <laughs> but anyway, I it is a it. nice place to go. Uh, it's great. I mean, it is. I had all my vision when I got to go there and I sat everywhere in the park. I sat up close and then my, my roommate had last row upper deck season tickets. And so, you know, I sat in the good seats and I sat in the bad seats and there wasn't a bad seat. It, it's how baseball was meant to, meant to be seen. And if you have some vision, the, the views into the city over the outfield wall, over the river, just at night are just spectacular. Now, Doug, I don't know if you were part of the change, but when I went in 2019, I must have gone to eight um, baseball games and all I had to do was go to customer service, give them my driver's license. I think they had me pay $25 for the headsets. And you were live with the radio. There was no delay. So you could hear the, it was their version of audio description um, to experience the game. And then when you got done, you returned um, the headsets and you got your money back and your driver's license. So oh, very it, cool. Yeah, so that was going on in 2019, and I hope it's still going on. And I love the theme nights where you get all the bobbleheads or the shirts or, you know, that was really fun, too. So we've we've gone to three different sporting events. I'm hungry. So if you're going to talk Pittsburgh food, you have to talk Primani Brothers. So Primani Brothers um, started in 1933 down in the Strip District of um Pittsburgh, which is like industrial area, which is, well, when I was there 20 years ago, it was becoming all nightclubs and restaurants as I don't know what, what it's changed into in, in the past 20 years. Uh, but the original Primani brothers, you walk up these steps and you go into this tiny little place and it's still there. Uh, it's kind of, you almost feel like you're going into a speakeasy. It was always how I felt because it's, it's tiny and <laughs> it's kind of hidden. My favorite thing about Primani brothers is that they are insistent that you're going to eat their sandwich the way they have it. Uh, as you get, if you listen to a show, you know, I have a very limited palate. Uh, and, <laughs> and I went in and the whole thing with Primani brothers, it was started because it was down in the, in the industrial district. It was started to be a meal on a go for the truck drivers coming through Pittsburgh. So they, they, they took the bread and they took the, the sandwich meat and they put the French fries and the coleslaw right on the sandwich. So the slaw, the the French fries, uh, the whatever dressing, the meat, and 
it's right there. They wrap it in the, the white butcher paper and it's there for you to go a meal on a go. Well, I hate coleslaw. Like I don't even dislike it. I hate it. I don't like cabbage. And I went in and I was like, yeah, I'll take a blah, blah, blah. I, I think I ordered roast beef or whatever. No coleslaw. And this lady that had to be pushing maybe 150 looked at me and says, excuse me. I was like, yeah, I'll take a sandwich. No slaw. She's like, have you ever eaten one? I was like, nope, don't like coleslaw. She's like, but have you ever eaten ours? And I said, nope, don't like coleslaw. She's like, well, you're not getting a sandwich. I'm like, excuse me? It sounds <laughs> like the soup Nazi from New she's York. Like, she's like, I tell you what. She's like, you eat it. And if you don't like it, I'll make you one without the slaw. She's like, but you got to eat it in front of me. And I was like, All right. so this place was the one that I went to is at the PPG building, which is this giant glass building. That's a gorgeous and, you know, office complex that was right across from my school. I was like, I'm going to be eating at this place pretty regularly. So I better do what she says. So uh, I choked down half a sandwich. It was disgusting. I hated it. Um, but she looked at me. She's like, all right, you earned yourself a sandwich without the slaw. And she took the took it away and, <laughs> and actually got me a sandwich, no slaw. And uh, I I admired that at the same time I was annoyed. But that is my Bermani Brothers story. And the sandwiches there are absolutely fantastic. They're big. They're, yeah, it, it is a good place to eat. It is quintessential Pittsburgh. Uh, and so if you're going there and you want a Pittsburgh experience, you have to eat at Bermani Brothers. Uh, there is one in South Florida now, but um, I haven't been to it yet. Hopefully soon. Yeah. And I have to say, I experienced it fully with coleslaw and fries, and it was a very mouthful of explosion of taste. But there is another place that was amazing. So on July 4th, what a better way, or it was July 3rd, um, we went to a baseball game. We had hot dogs. Oh, I forgot to mention that at PNC Park, they do have a Paninis there, but they also have these things called crab fries. And you know how much I love seafood and they take French fries and then put Old Bay on it. <gasps> and then they have the secret sauce. Oh, it's so good. But anyways, we went to Burgatory and this is a restaurant that started in Pittsburgh. And as far as I know, the uh, franchise is only in Pittsburgh, but let me tell you, just go on the website, and I also put it um, out on our Facebook page, the menu. I never thought about putting peanut butter on a hamburger. Don't knock it till you try it. It is amazing. It is amazing. And all the different burgers that they had, oh, my gosh. And they bring it out. Um, I actually posted a picture for those that, that have sight. But just imagine the burger was about six inches tall and they bring it out with one of those huge steak knives stuck right through the middle of it. It was amazing. <laughs> and you have to cut it because it's just so big and it was so juicy. And anything and everything you can think of, they 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 put peanut butter and jelly. Um, they would put um, all these different unique toppings that I never thought of. And um, but it was bacon and double bacon and cheese and Gouda cheese and Gouda cheese inside the burger with bacon. And oh my gosh, it was just amazing. So Burgatory, I love the name. And we waited two and a half hours to get in there because of course we went to PNC Park, watched a baseball game and then went downtown and stayed downtown to watch, of course, the fireworks. And you know what? We're spoiled because we live, you know, Walt Disney World <laughs> and SeaWorld. <laughs> But even though I did not have full sight, I can still see an experience um, burst of light. And it was amazing because they have like, I don't know how many bar barges of boats out there, but it was like three sets of fireworks going off at the same time. And, you know, he did good that night. Tom did good that night. He got the perfect spot for us to see the fireworks. And it felt like they were just exploding over our heads. And it was just amazing so fourth of july i would recommend going to pittsburgh catching a baseball game catching the fireworks but be ready because the uber to get back to his apartment normally is like 30 dollars. and when we hit let's go for a ride it was like 180 because everybody was trying to get an uber ride there's a casino on the river that i forgot the name of it maybe someone from pittsburgh knows um and they're building a hotel so i would definitely book a hotel 
hang out. It's fantastic. Okay, I'm well, done now. Douglas does have his hand up. Hey, Doug. hey, Douglas. I would say for breakfast, you have to check out Pamela's and order pancakes. Oh, I heard of that. Never oh, my made goodness. It. And where are they at, Doug? There's one in Oakland. There's one in Mount oh. Lebanon. Oh, it's just awesome. I like Mount Lebanon. Mount Lebanon was gorgeous. Mm. I love it up there. So um, can we all come over and go watch a game with you? We'll go watch some baseball and yeah. pancakes. All right. There we go. <laughs> Everybody listening to Out of Sight, Doug just invited you to his house to spend the <laughs> night and watch a baseball game. So thank you, Doug. We appreciate that. I'm kidding. Don't And nobody hold us to that. We were kidding. All right, cool. So I'm ready to try some clothes, though. I mean, we got a lot of food in us. Our our resident textile expert and pilot and share. um, (laughs) Share of sounds. Share of sounds. um, Desiree uh, is going to talk to us about the Berg and the textile world. I found three highly highly recommended fabric shops the first one i love the name firecracker fabrics that's oh yeah like i know doesn't it it's in morningdale and they have it's a small store but they have an incredible selection of garment fabric fabrics um which is amazing they also have a large selection of indie patterns. Now, if you're, you know, into sewing, the difference between, you know, like when you think of a sewing pattern, you're going to think like Simplicity or Broderick or um, the other big ones that I can't think of. Um, and indie patterns, like you actually have to go looking hard. So these patterns are going to come from really small design houses. And, you know, it's like kind of going to a mom and pop place to eat. That's what going for an indie pattern is like. And they are usually a lot more customizable and much more in-depth detail. That's, yeah, indie patterns, if you sew, is the way to go. Um, Let's see. They also do scissor sharpening there, which not all fabric stores will do. And again, sewing, you want to keep your scissors sharp and you also only want to use those scissors on fabric. Those of us who are into sewing, we will hurt you if you use our scissors on something. I will stab you with my now dull scissors because of you. (laughs) So we got to make sure we check those into our luggages. Yes. 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 Anyway, they are attached to a uh, firework is attached to a studio called Cut and Sew. And they hold sewing classes and sewing camps for all ages. They also do lots of volunteering sewing events, you know, so to like make gowns for cancer patients. And I'm like, that that is cool to have community tied into a fabric shop. I'm down. That is like my kind of place. The next place I found is called Pittsburgh Center for Creative and we have one of these kinds of places here in Portland. And basically, it's a place for crafters to drop off all their excess stuff. And a lot of teachers will go here. And you can find, at Pixert anyway, they have a rather large fabric selection, which you can get in pre-cut sections or by the yard. You can find things like yarn, buttons, Patterns, zippers, trim, and all kinds of other things, as well as other crafting type supplies. And if you're a teacher or really into um, fabric, it is a great way to get these things. So check out your hometown. There, there might be some place like that where, you know, us crafters are making donations to benefit the rest of the community. Um, so yeah. I highly, highly recommend that. Oh, around the corner from that is a similar place called Construction Junction. Same concept. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, And the last place I got is called Loom. And that is in the Strip District. 
I heard it best describe the strip, strip district as grungy turned trendy is <laughs> what what I heard. Um, oh, yeah. And going back slightly to Pittsburgh Center for Creative Reuse, that is in Highland Park. Mm-hmm. So Loom in the strip district offers high quality apparel and upholstery fabrics, which means you're going to be paying for what you get. And when they say high quality, it means it's probably sourced from reputable places as well as actually having the fiber content. It says it will. Um, And, and these days, if you're not getting, you know, something synthetic, yeah, it, it does cost, but it's worth it because it'll last a heck of a lot longer. And well, I'd rather if your skin, excuse me, now I'm not going to go there. Bloody heck, how do I recover from that? Anyway, so they've got a great selection of special occasion fabrics. Rumor has it in the nearby food stands, you can find some really excellent cannolis. I'm down. That sounds amazing. Um, also of note, there's some place called the Fashion Market that happens at Market Square uh, every Friday from, I think, June until like August. And starting July 12th, they will also have live music, games, and more because 91.3 WYEP broadcasts live at the fashion market. That I found very interesting. And they also have a fashion week there, which happens in September. And there you go. That's what I can tell you about textiles in Pittsburgh. Awesome. Oh, that was great. I just want to throw a random question out there because it is Pittsburgh and Heinz did create tomato ketchup. I want to know from our listeners, what's your favorite thing to put ketchup on? Do we have any hands raised? What is your favorite thing to put ketchup on? Donna. Hey, Donna. Hey, so, gee, this is hard one to answer because I, mean, <laughs> I love ketchup. I like a few things, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and Heinz ketchup is the only ketchup I'll eat. All right. How about this? I'll change the question for you. What's the weirdest thing you put ketchup on? <laughs> uh, gee, I haven't done that yet, really. I mean, usually mine's pretty normal, but, you know, I, I like to try crazy stuff. So I, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you mine. Is I love Velveeta shells and mac and cheese mixed with ketchup. Okay, so that would probably improve it. That would probably improve it. Um, (laughs) I mean, I've never tried the eggs. I've never tried eggs and ketchup. That might be interesting. Go light light on it. Otherwise, it overwhelms your eggs. Mm, Yeah, right. You don't don't want to ruin a big thing. But I mean, of course, I like the traditional stuff. Hamburger and hot dogs. Especially a hot dog that's got, that's been on the grill. And, you know, Mm. got the nice crispy char marks all right mute her because i'm going to wind up eating about 80 pounds of <laughs> barbecue meat to the way she's talking i'm starving now and you're on this <laughs> and you get in this wonderful nice soft hot dog mm-hmm. put whatever else you want nice with steamed it. bolt yeah steam bun with that hot dog yeah i'm with you absolutely I and put whatever you. else you want with it but i mean i don't like to load my dog down too much i want to taste it mm-hmm. but um yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, yep. And, I'm with you on that. <laughs> and then, and, and y'all were talking about, y'all were talking about different places y'all have gone to go baseball or have food or whatever. Mm-hmm. I went to the Polynesian Cultural Center in uh, Hawaii. I'm going to just say that Luau had the best, some of the best food. There was only one thing I wouldn't eat there. It was, a, of course, it was a thing that is Hawaiian and the poi? Poi. poi. Yeah. I couldn't take it. I tried it. I was willing to try. You didn't have to say it. We knew. I, I love <laughs> I like poi, but I also love yucca. So it's an island thing. <laughs> well, but thank you so a- much for sharing. That was yeah. awesome. Do we get any other hands? Oh, yes. Yes, we do. All right. Dun, what do we dun, got? All right. Pam, Pam, Pam. Hey, Pam. Hello. Tell us your well, love of ketchup. Oh, well. Um, you know, there are a lot of things I put ketchup on, and then there are others that I don't. But one of the more unusual ones for me is cottage cheese. Just huh? put a scoop of cottage cheese in a little dish, 
and drizzle a little bit of ketchup over it and stir it up and it's delicious well pam i appreciate you because um i'm no longer hungry from the previous caller so i appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> well pam i have to say the next time i get cottage cheese i will try she's gonna that try once. it and she will because, too. <laughs> because i'm a gotta try it once kind of girl yeah yeah so. and, and uh i think it, there was one of the former presidents and i don't recall which one now but one of the former presidents liked that and of course it went out all over the news media and whatever and uh, <laughs> I thought, well, I've got to try this. It sounds weird, but it's delicious. Well, you very, never very know cool. till you try it. So I'll let well, you thank know, you Pam, so much. how that works. Thank you, Pam. We had time for one more, one more hand raise if we have anybody. Well, that's the, there lies the problem. We've got many. Okay. Um, oh, we'll try how many and come do back we have? Okay. Let's go to Christine next. Okay. And then keep your hands up, everybody, because we're we going to do you, a will. little bit more and then. Um, hey, Christine. I think I think it was Richard Nixon that was the uh, was the cottage cheese. That sounds about right. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> but but um, I happen to like if somebody just boils great northerns or any of those like navy beans or whatever, put ketchup on those and a little bit of sugar. And it's like you have to have you have to be in the right frame of mind if you have an old ham bone and you've made them. It's tasty. No, okay, I can so see you, doing so you, brown sugar because then you're going to start to make it taste like you know a can of baked beans. Yeah, yep. except that it's it's just a scoop of you know scoop of boiled beans with a, with a little bit of broth, and then you just add the ketchup and uh, a yeah. little bit of sugar to it. I could probably get down with that. I love ketchup on my corn on the cob. Uh, totally oh. weird. Yep. Totally weird. Well, I have to say, Brian, I didn't know what mayo was going to taste like on my corner on the cob. So now I'm going to have to try ketchup corn on the cob. One time. I'll let you know. All right. So keep your hands up. We will try. And we got 15 minutes left. And we got a ton more to get to, including my favorite place to visit in Pittsburgh. Um, So I know that Terry really wants to talk about Fred Rogers. I do. I do. I do. Because um, down by PNC, no, down by Heinz Field, they have the statue mm-hmm. of him. And it's got him in the thinking position holding a book. And what is so amazing about Fred Rogers is I posted an interview on ACB Facebook and just an amazing man um, where he just really, really help the kids and i grew up with him i you know he's the one that taught me that life is for um helping others and it's no better way to help someone than to help them first and um he's an amazing man and you can sit there underneath the archway and they have piped in where he's reading books for the kids. Oh, that's right. So before the <laughs> before the football game, um, you know, all the marching bands were coming around and everything, and I'm sitting there just listening to Mr. Rogers. And um it's he's just an incredible man. And he's done a lot for um the kids and he PBS. Um he's the one that really started PBS. And you know, Brian, he's got a Florida connection. He does. He went to Rollins College, which we've featured the Rollins College Morse Museum of Art on our show before. So we have like a double Rollins College tie-in. They're gonna have to start paying us for advertising. Yeah. Um and his son is still a professor at Rollins College. Yes. He is. Um, my cool Fred Rogers story is I walked out of my dorms one day to catch the bus and guess who's standing there waiting for the bus? But Fred Rogers. Did and you say I'd like to be your neighbor? No, because I knew I was oh. going to fanboy. So I decided not to talk to him at all. Just a gen- gentle nod. He smiled and nodded to me and got on the bus with me. And that was it. And the bus driver was like, hey, Mr. Rogers. And I was like, I wanted to laugh so hard because he said, hey, Mr. Rogers, because that's <laughs> funny. So. Fred Rogers, and we got to it, and it, my son, I was on the phone the other day listening to my five-year-old singing, because now that it's on, it's an animated show on PBS, and he was singing It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and it like made my heart like, sing happy songs. So, yeah. I told you earlier about Andrew Carnegie. There's a whole area of Pittsburgh called Carnegie, and if you say Carnegie, like I did when I lived there, people scowl at you and get mad at you. It's Carnegie. Uh, except for, like I said, anywhere else in the world, it's Carnegie because it's Carnegie Hall. But anyway, so 
Andrew Carnegie is a Scottish immigrant born in 1835, and he became one of the world's richest men by setting up U.S. Steel and really setting up the infrastructure of the blue-collar town that Pittsburgh was in. And it was fueled by a little bit of um, competitiveness that he had with Mr. Rockefeller at the time. So he felt Mr. Rockefeller wronged his mentor. But because of that, when he became uber-uber-rich, when he sold his U.S. Steel fortune to, I believe, J.P. Morgan... Uh, he decided he was going to give his fortune away. Uh, and he became one of the biggest philanthropists of the Industrial Gilded Age. And you see that all over Pittsburgh. Uh, one of the largest public library systems in the world is the Pittsburgh Library System, uh, the Carnegie Libraries. Um, you have Carnegie Mellon University, uh, Carnegie Children's, I'm sorry, that's Times Children's, um, the Carnegie Museum of Art. Uh, which I'll tie in with another guy here in a couple minutes. And then, of course, Carnegie Hall in New York City, because you got to have the New York tie-in if I'm talking. Um, this guy was just lived an amazing life. And in 1919, Pittsburgh suffered a double loss because in 1919, Andrew Carnegie died, and so did um, H.A. Hines. So in 1919, it was a sad year in Pittsburgh. Uh, but we are going to move on. And do you have anything, or can I go, Miss Terry? Go for it. Cool. So one of my favorite places to visit, because I was there for a theater degree, and I love art in general, especially uh, graphic art, because I can't do it. So I love admiring others, is the Warhol Museum. Andy Warhol uh, was born in Pittsburgh. Um, Cool fact about him was that there was no date on his birth certificate given at the hospital. So if you watch interviews with him, he will give different birth dates and tell different stories about his youth to coincide with the birth date he gave because he just liked to mess with people. And I like that. Um, so- <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Uh, he's really famous for, you know, we have the term, everybody needs their 15 minutes of fame. His quote was, in the future, everybody will have at least 15 minutes of fame. And what he was really saying was that fame is fleeting. Like it doesn't last. Don't don't bet your life on. But he was very concerned about being famous and rich, and he did that. Uh, everybody knows. I mean, I would imagine most people are, are familiar with the Campbell Soup in the Marilyn Monroe. He created what's now known as pop art. Um, he mass produced and silk screened and just took popular items and just did them in different colors. And it, it's a very um, industrial way that art wasn't looked at before and he was actually criticized a lot for making money off of his art he wasn't the starving artist but he was okay with that <laughs> uh, and he was he was kind of out there like he was into movies and music so like if you're familiar with the velvet underground he was responsible for the velvet underground and lou reed and then he made a six-hour movie called sleep and it was literally just a movie of his friend sleeping and him filming it so he's kind of out there on the art side um but there is the Andy Warhol Museum, um, and I just loved going there. I tried to go like once a week. It is the largest museum in the United States that's dedicated to one artist. One of the things I thought was cool that I didn't know, I'd seen it, but I didn't realize what it was. But his mother was an award-winning artist, and she influenced him a lot. She actually used a lot of Warhol, used a lot of her typography, which was her form of art that she used in his art. And you can find a lot of that in the museum. So you have his mom's influence on him in the museum as well. Uh, it used to be like an industrial warehouse and they repurposed it and they knocked out walls and moved floors. And, and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous building. So the cool thing with Andy Warhol is that he went to Carnegie Mellon University and got an art degree. But the tie-in even goes further back than that is that through his mother, he used to take free art classes at the Carnegie Institute when he was a kid. And that's where the art really started to um, develop for him. Well, full circle, the Carnegie Art Museum is now one of, or the Carnegie Institute is now one of the sponsors of the museum. So, like, they started his art, helped him start his art career, and now they are uh, have the enduring legacy of having the museum. Uh, the museum does have uh, guided uh, audio descriptive tours of their, there's a lot of stuff that changes in that museum uh, because of who he was and his influence. So, they, they bring in featured artists from time to time and things like that. Um, but in the rooms that um, are permanent, uh, you can get descriptive tours. And because of what's been going on in the past 15 months, you can actually request to do a Zoom descriptive tour. Um, if you call there, um, call there, they're open at 10 a.m. typically most days. And you could ask them to do a Zoom descriptive tour for you. Um, and sh- you can actually meet 
and, and this has made my heart smile a little bit. You can meet his stuffed Great Dane, Cecil. Aww. He had a he had a stuffed Great Dane that is actually on display at the the thing. My favorite thing to go in. He had this. He was like he was into just doing things that people are like that's not art. But he had a a place called the Factory in New York, and that's where he did a lot of his art. Where he just had square helium balloons and called it the cloud room and you just pop the balloons up there and they have a whole room where you walk in and there's square helium balloons that look like pillows and it's called the cloud room so it's a recreated area of that and that's i believe still there so that is the andy warhol museum it is one of my favorite places to go in pittsburgh celebrating a famous pittsburghian we have seven minutes if there's anything my co-host would like to get to otherwise we can take a couple more hands i just want to say one thing i don't remember when it is but Pickle Festival. I never made it. Oh, the pickle. Yeah, I don't know. But the other thing is there's an amazing amusement park just outside of Pittsburgh called Kennywood. Yes, I didn't make it there either. Mm. uh, It's amazing. It's an old school amusement park. um, And I highly recommend if you're in Pittsburgh in the time of year that they are open, you should absolutely, absolutely go. Well, let's get to our hands that are raised, and I obviously and am excited. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be just ketchup. If you have any Pittsburghian <laughs> questions or anything, please. Uh, or comments. Yeah. All right. Number ending in 638. Hello. How are you all? Hey, Hey, this Beth. is a very interesting tour. Well, thank awesome. you, Beth. You better uh, like what do I like, like ketchup on? on? Well... I like ketchup on, uh, like, scrambled eggs. My son will eat ketchup on most anything. Oh, yeah, God. That's, that's and really thick, too. <laughs> he has ever since he was a little boy. Oh, God. Awesome. Oh, cool. Beth, thank you so thank much you for so calling much. in. We want to get some other hands in. Hang yep. on. Okay. Um, what other hands we got? We had ACB of Oregon. What's up, ACB of Oregon? Otherwise known as Teresa. I didn't have anything amazing <laughs> to say. It was more like my brother used to do that ketchup uh, cottage cheese thing, and I could oh see it looked like brains. It was very. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Teresa. No, I love it. Try it though. I'm, I'm a, I got to try it kind of girl. Thanks just, for sharing. Just uh, keep your What's eyes our closed. Next hand, Desiree. My my mother's been known to have a little bit of ketchup on her eggs every once in a while. Oh. Or the that on purpose or by accident? On purpose. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, guys, Yay! thank you so much for giving us the hour we uh, of your time and joining us in one of my favorite cities in America. I highly encourage you to go visit the Steel City. It's amazing. Give Doug and uh, his wife a call. They'll come visit with you. And guys, we do this because we love to travel. It's our passion. We want to let you go guys know it is safe to travel being visually impaired and blind uh, and we found ways to do it at great prices if you have any questions you can email us at out of sight adventures that's plural out of sight adventures 2020 at gmail or reach out to us on facebook it is summertime so we have a big announcement we're going to every other week or so we're going to take a summer break and just do every other week so please stay posted to your calendar um we'll be back in two weeks and we do have a special show planned in january and i'm sorry january july where we want to hear your favorite travel stories so sometime in july we're going to have just a roundtable travel discussion with all of our uh, fellow visually impaired and blind travelers and hear about what you guys are doing, your favorite travel stories, where you'd like to go and all that fun stuff. That'll be a fun night. And any other updates will be on the Facebook page. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Desiree. Thank you, Darrow. Thank you to my Pittsburghian friends who came to visit and enlighten us a little bit. And guys, once again, we love that you come and share with us and we just do this because we really want to have a good life with you. Oh, this is gonna be-